This episode was recorded on the 16th of December, 2023. Hello, Cult Hackers, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Celine, a media graduate with an interest in cults. I'm Stephen. I'm Celine's dad. I'm an organisational psychologist and very interested in cults because I was raised in one. And we are welcoming Mickey today as our guest. As you may know her um, apostate Barbie on Instagram where she does her sort of XJW activism. So welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Awesome. <laughs> Mickey, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, obviously, I think most of our listeners will have seen your content. It's very fun and um quirky i would say um well, I like which that. Is brilliant um so tell us a bit about yourself who are you and uh, what what made you want to do this sort of content okay um so i obviously grew up in new zealand my mum started studying with the witnesses when i was five so i'm not technically born in but i was raised from yeah. a child like yeah. <laughs> before i could understand anything um and so from five until 19 I got baptized um and from 19 to 35 when I woke up I was a fully PME Jehovah's Witness Mm. (laughs) physically and mentally and um was always trying to do what I could I I never felt like I was good enough and just yeah it was my entire life um I woke up in October of 2020 and I tried to fade out but I only lasted until February 2021 um, because I was like, I realized that the friendships and the things that I was hanging on for were conditional and mm. I would rather be free to be kind and authentic and live my own life instead of living in fear that someone's going to see me dye my hair pink or someone's going to see a tattoo or mm. see me walk into a gay club or something, <laughs> you know, mm. um, I was like, I don't, I don't want to be feeling like I got to look over my shoulder all the time. And because my mum became an active not long after I got baptised, it wasn't like I had family in the organisation that I felt like I had to stay for. Um, and then that made me realise that I was in a unique position once I left. I've already lost all my friends. I've already lost everything. Um, <laughs> I can talk about it. I can mm. make... I started out making memes and then I think about a year later, I started doing the TikToks and Instagram reels um, because I felt like I was in this position where I could talk about it and speak openly. And it doesn't matter if people in my old congregation who already aren't speaking to me, see it. And what are they going to do? Not speak to me more? Like, (laughs) (laughs) okay. (laughs) Mm. Um, And I, I found it pretty cathartic as well. And helped me work work through some of my religious trauma and and everything that comes with leaving a cult (laughs) did you find um so i think we spoke to a few people now that said it was over like pandemic time that they kind of left was that did that play into it would you say yes um i think that if the pandemic hadn't happened or if any one of the big three things that led up to me leaving hadn't happened i would probably still be chugging along as a jehovah's Mm -hmm. witness back Mm -hmm. in Auckland. um Basically, one of my aunts was very into, and they're worldly, they're on my mum's side, worldly aunts, that I I ended up living next door to, and she was very into the QAnon conspiracies, COVID mm. is a hoax, and <laughs> okay. they're controlling the world and whatnot. Um, and I spent a lot of time debunking the stuff that she was sending me because mm. I had also lost my job working with witnesses due to the pandemic. Um, and business restructuring and business loss and all of that. So I had time. <laughs> mm. And I was on um, on Reddit a lot, and I came across the XJW subreddit um, cross-posted into the conspiracy subreddit. So <laughs> that's how I ended up there. And I was like, oh, clicked it. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm looking at apostate material. <laughs> oh, well, I've already looked at it. Let's keep going. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah. Oh wow. That link between your your needing to think about things critically and talk to your relative. Did do you think that had any sort of bearing on then what you were doing with the the religion? Yeah, um so a lot of what she was um sending me, I remember when I was still a witness, um and she was 
I like she started sending me all of these links and different YouTubes and posts and things, um, you know, since we went into lockdown, which was like in March of 2020. So between March and October, she's sending me so much stuff. And I was like, the stuff that she's looking at is crazy. <laughs> like <laughs> things like that John F. Kennedy is going to rule with Trump and like they're all working <laughs> under Jesus and like, I mean, a lot of the conspiracy theories are deeply anti-Semitic mm -hmm. and I found that out as well. And like, I, I found this amazing um, like inverted pyramid thing from Abby mm -hmm. Richards, I think on Instagram and all of the different levels of conspiracy theories. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of it, her, her stuff was like right at the top, everything that she was sending me. Um, and I was just like, how can she not, like, how is she believing this? Like, this is insane. Like, like there's the fun little ones at the bottom, like Bigfoot and mm. whatnot. That's kind of fun and cute mm. and interesting to to think about. But then a lot of the things that she was into was quite unhinged. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I, I I just remember thinking in my head, um, wow, like what about what I believe? Like I believe that Jehovah's just going to turn around one day and be like, was it Thanos from? The Marvel movies and just be like, pew, mm. <laughs> you're a bad person. You die, you die, you die, you live, you die. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just, it's just as crazy. And that it's going to be like, because the governing body have fashioned themselves into their whole belief system that they're going to be up there and they're going to be the ones deciding and, and, you know, engaging in, in the warfare and stuff. Um, like, a a am I truly believing that Samuel Hurd and Anthony Morris at the time are just going to be up there, like, doing the same thing? Like, <laughs> I was like, yeah. wow, well, I believe it's kind of kind of crazy too. And it was literally within, like, a month of having that thought and then finding the XJW subreddit. And from there, jwfacts.com. And within a weekend, I was like, dude, this is a cult. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Sorry, it's I need to ramble. <laughs> no, no, that's yeah. good. <laughs> it's amazing. Like, um, I think sometimes people talk about like the slow burn up front where that, you know, there's doubts already, but you kind of like push yeah. down and then you hit a certain point and it just explodes. Is that kind of the same for you? Did you have doubts before? And then this yeah. was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I did have like some little doubts like, oh, should we be doing this? Like, uh, this doesn't seem loving or really like, because I'm a woman, I can't hold a microphone or <laughs> I have to wear a skirt. Like that seems crazy. Um, but you know, you'd push it down and be like, Oh, well, Jehovah will fix it in the new system and um, basically stop those thoughts. And then just when everything happened in 2020, like I, I had a breakup with my, my boyfriend um, who's a Jehovah's witness, uh, the pandemic lockdown, I was living alone, so I was feeling quite lonely and sad and scared. <laughs> um, my congregation didn't seem to be all that loving and care about me and stuff, and I, I had already struggled with depression and anxiety, and I found myself feeling a bit suicidal, um, and I ended up going to my doctor and then being referred to a, a counsellor for four free sessions, um, and she was amazing, and she helped me to um, help to point me in the right direction to find other information online. And at the time, TikTok was full of like therapy, mm. <laughs> therapy TikToks. So um, I was spending a lot of time on there, like, you know, doing what I could to try and help myself mentally. And it wasn't until I left that I realized like a big chunk of the depression was caused by being a Jehovah's Witness. Mm. Like, <laughs> yeah, a lot of the sort of things that you would learn about where how you have to trust yourself, you have to put yourself first. And that's the complete opposite of what the Jehovah's Witnesses teach. That's funny. You know, that's the third conversation I've had in the last week that's basically said the same thing. You know, the the lack of trust in yourself and this whole guard your heart, it's treacherous and all this sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, it it really undermines our, our confidence in ourselves, doesn't it? Yeah, completely. Like, I did feel so lost. Even maybe the last couple of years, even now, I'm still learning how to trust mm -hmm. myself yeah. in that even if I do get something wrong, it's okay. It's yeah. literally not yeah. the end of the world. <laughs> yeah. I, I wanted to um, sort of comment on the um, the very upbeat and gentle nature of your activism. You know, your, uh, your, 
that the way that you do it is is not threatening in any way it's just nice and it's fun um and i guess it would be easy for people to um underestimate the you just expressed the difficulty that you went through and the the, the pain of of that process so i don't know whether you want to uh maybe talk a little bit about that and why you've decided to to do it in the way that you have um, thank you for that as well, because I, I do get a lot of comments from active witnesses or believing people online that are like, stop being so hateful and bashing witnesses. And I'm like, no. I'm really not. No. <laughs> um, so thank you. Uh, it still takes a toll mentally as well, because you've got to, not that I, I don't keep up with the stuff, but if something mm. big happens, like, the whole thing with the beards. Yesterday. I know this is I'm breaking news. <laughs> wow. About the beard stuff. <laughs> yeah, tell Celine. I don't think Celine yeah, knows I'm about this. In the loop. Oh. Yeah. The, I mean, the entire time that I was the Jehovah's Witness, you weren't allowed to have a beard if you're a brother, um, and you wanted to either pioneer, um, have privileges in the congregation, become a ministerial servant or elder, or go further up in your JW man career. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yesterday, at, in a governing body update, they just announced. It's the funniest wording as well because Stephen Lett was like, "The governing body has asked me to tell you." And I'm like, "Do you not yeah. pass the governing body yourself, do?" Yeah. But um, he said that like beards are okay. We needed to clarify this because everyone's been writing in and they're confused. Uh, but beards are okay. <laughs> Such a weird thing. And there's so many layers to that, isn't there? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I'm like you. I don't um, keep up to date with uh with the latest uh, light um and i don't you know we don't re do rebuttals and things like that. i'm not saying that anybody shouldn't it's just not something we we do but um but yeah that is quite an arresting thing it's a bit like the not quite as amazing as the hour uh counting yeah. time changes but still um and the way that it's worded is like um we feel the need to clarify as you say um it didn't need clarification it just needed changing you know it was yeah. it was clear really that you as you explained it um everybody knew that yeah. was the that was the policy so it wasn't that it was unclear it was just that it was balmy um <laughs> yeah. you know so, so yeah very very interesting sorry i interrupted your flow there that's right. I, I forgot the question now. So. <laughs> Something it was just um, you asked about, like being able to do the kind of content you do whilst it being still quite a like a a deep topic, I guess. Oh, yeah. So yeah, it, it can take a toll. Um, I I guess the style that I do is try to, to make fun of myself, <laughs> as opposed to I I don't like, and I'll be quite frank and say that I don't like the ones that. You know, they make fun of the governing body or how they look or just poke fun of witnesses. I, I really, really don't like people sending photos of witnesses um, with the carts and things like that and being like, look at them. They just have to stand there. Like, okay, they're still trapped in a cult. Like, mm. they're still taking time out and they're stuck. Like, yeah. yeah. So I generally just try to make fun of my experiences and um, keep it light, but, like, most importantly, I want people to know that there is a community out there because it does feel extremely isolating mm -hmm. when you're first waking up, when you're trying to leave. Um, like I was in New Zealand, I had no one. Like there was one person that I knew that was really not a witness and I reached out to her and was like, I'm sorry that I shunned you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and thankfully she was super forgiving and we've mm -hmm. got a great friendship, but it was few and far between in New Zealand. Like... You, you couldn't really find any other XJWs. So that's what I love about TikTok and Instagram is just the the reach that it has and the way that people in the comments will make friends or find connections. And I'm like, yay, <laughs> we're not alone. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been amazing, really. The um, I, I mean, it is a, it, there's some pluses and minuses with social media, of course. Um, yeah. I think for, for people like um you and and me to a lesser degree i i left um uh, many years before social media so um i didn't have any of that um i mean there was the odd discussion group that you could subscribe to but i i didn't really want to get involved in any of that so i yeah. I, I think it, it it was very isolating but it is still isolating it's um it's still a a, a tough thing i think people tend to underestimate what that's like who haven't been through it yeah. um i think you know even if you're with lots of people um it's still because your your experience is so alien to most people's really it's yeah. i think it's a very difficult thing 
Yeah, I think that's how I describe myself as well to like when I first started making worldly friends, I was like, I feel like an alien. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, they thought it was cute. They were like, oh, we can go do all these firsts with you and we yeah. can help you do this. So, you know. What, what were some of the first then? Tell us about some of the, the first that you did. I guess so. My first New Year's Eve out, I was with my two friends um, that are amazing and I miss them tons because they're back <laughs> home in New Zealand. Um, we went out clubbing, dancing. Um, I drank when I was a witness. I, I didn't drink too much. And I also realized that I never felt safe enough to drink around the people that I was friends with as a witness. Mm -hmm. But with these girls, like I felt completely safe. Um, and so, yeah, we went out dancing. We went to a strip club, which was like really fun. <laughs> and like, I don't know. I was just like, There's, it's not this dirty, seedy, sad, like life that the Jehovah's Witnesses portray. Like, yes, I went to a strip club, but was I like sitting there on drugs and being gross? No. <laughs> yeah. Like, it yeah. was really fun. And um, yeah, like there's been a few, a few big ones this year, like, and I, I'm going to share this on um my social media at some point anyway but like so when I was a witness I wasn't married and obviously if you're not married you're not allowed to have sex mm -hmm. and I was such a goody two-shoes that I never had that period of time that some t teenager teenage witnesses would do um you know go out and mm -hmm. get into trouble but not necessarily be disfellowship they just get like reproved or yeah. whatever like there's that certain like time period where you can kind of get away with it um not me. <laughs> um, so this year was like the first time that I, I had sex. And that's like probably a big one because I just felt completely like, okay, everybody else has usually done this by the time that they're 25 to 30 at least. But here I am at 38. <laughs> I just turned 38 in September. but um, So I was 37. But uh, I'm like, I'm glad I got that out of the way. But also I was not that I got it out of the way. Sure. <laughs> um but also it was like, why was that such a big deal? Like, why was that such a big deal that everybody, the elders, people around you felt like that that was such a thing that you can't do? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, thank, thank you for sharing that with us. And, you know, I, I totally understand that. Um, I think I, I was the same sort of goody two-shoes um, type. Um, I got married at 30. Well, a bit before 30, wasn't it? In my late 20s. Um, you know, again, both of us completely inexperienced and so on. Um, and yeah, the I suppose the, the hijacking of your sexuality or the determining yeah. of your sexuality, whether that be heterosexual, heterosexual or, or gay or whatever your um, sexuality is, that is completely controlled by the organization, by those eight men yeah. um, in Brooklyn. Yeah, um, and there's a great, like, online on Instagram, there's a great bunch of um, not necessarily ex-Jehovah's Witness creators, but people talk about deconstructing purity mm. culture, mm. Um, which has, like, been a great space to be in as well. Um, and I completely, I try to share what I can in my Instagram stories so that other people can see it as well and not feel, like, again, alone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, Sorry if that was too much. <laughs> no, no. I mean, you know, I, I'm touched that you're willing to talk about that on, on this podcast. Um, thank you. Yeah, I was just going to say, because they, they create so much pressure around what is already, mm. it's already a big deal for you as a person. And then they insert themselves into yeah. a, a, a situation that has nothing to do with them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that's something we've, we've talked about purity culture in it yeah just how it impacts people's lives and yeah, yeah when you when when you feel when you feel safe and comfortable to just make an adult decision that's yours to make <laughs> yeah exactly and I also like the fact like I'm quite proud of the fact that I left you know in 2021 but I didn't do this thing that I'm sure <clears throat> that the rumor mills were just mm. oh she left to go have sex <laughs> no I didn't <laughs> I left because it's wrong <laughs> Yeah, so um, actually, I wanted to ask you about that. Um, so my my leaving was was really that it was it was realizing that it was not true. You know, it was as simple as that. Um, for other people, it's kind of seeing behaviors that they can't live with, or it's perhaps restrictions that are, are obviously arbitrary. Um, what would you sort of put it down to in terms of um, why you left? Um, so it's definitely like I tried to fade out. Um, 
but that entire weekend when I woke up and spending all, all my waking hours on JW Facts um, and the subreddit, it, it's just like with all of the flip-flopping doctrine, mm. the way they handled the scandals, um, the way that it started, the way that Rutherford took over and made it extra culty, mm. um, the, the direction it's going in now, but most importantly, the two witness whoop two witness rule mm-hmm. um which i was a victim of but fortunately i was a young adult and not a child um but the csa everything i was like there's no way i can call myself a jehovah's witness or do i want people thinking i'm a jehovah's witness because mm-hmm. i can't stand by the way that they're dealing with all of this and that you know once you wake up you can clearly see that a lot of the way it's that they work are just like a corporation. They're doing what's in their best interests, not in the best yeah. interests of the people that believe that they're speaking for God. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. When you said about it being like an organisation, like a business, because um, it just makes me think, because obviously Dad did his um, master's degree in organisational psychology, and you probably gave them like a, a fun change of pace when you're like, and I'm going to do it about a cult because normally everyone does it about, a, you know, a business, um, but you found it to be quite comparable. haven't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think you're spot on with that, Mickey, um, in terms of it being a corporation. It, it really is. Um, obviously like a lot of these groups, they, they have slightly different faces depending on who they're talking to, but they are structured like a corporation. Um, yeah. And, um, so a lot of the things I was learning in, in terms of how organizations run and corporations run and so on, they're, they're just very similar. They're, they're you know, yep. they're, they're the same. They've got the same reputational damage that happens and how they control that and all of that I think is absolutely relevant. Um, yeah. Um, but it's, uh, it, it comes with that extra, extra stuff, which is the, the religious stuff. So you're believing mm. in, um, the, uh, again, this strange, um halfway house between um the governing body are not inspired they they don't speak for jehovah but jehovah is leading his organization and the chariot you know we have to go where the chariot goes sort of thing so it's kind of double speak it's it's impossible really to make sense of of exactly what are you saying then um and nobody really wants to address that yeah it just feels like there's a overall feeling that you're policed by the congregation you're in Mm. and that everyone is kind of like we know that the governing body is leading (laughs) the Mm. um, congregation through jehovah or jehovah's leading through the governing body but in print they're like no no (laughs) yeah so that if anyone circles back to them they're just like well we never said that (laughs) <laughs> yeah and absolutely and the claim is that um you know when it comes to things like blood transfusions and and so on and any decision that um, jehovah's witnesses have to make about things like military service or or things like that um it's always said that this is you know actually it's the individual witnesses that make mm-hmm. their own decision through their bible trained conscience um and it's just it's just such weasley words uh weasel words um because it's clear that the direction you're given is is very crystal clear you must not have a blood transfusion if you do you get disfellowshipped if you join the military you get well uh, technically you disassociate yourself but again that's more weasel words it's 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 a punishment that you're being given because you've done something against the organization so yeah it's um yeah that dishonesty i think is is another area that is is very um yeah upsetting but you don't sort of realize that until you're out i think it's it's um only a a fair time afterwards that you start to to realize that yeah and so mickey you're 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 over in the uk now so you moved to to the uk so um as much as you want to tell us what your motivation what 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 made you leave new zealand and and come to uh to the old uk Yeah, um, so in September last year, my dog Nacho, who was 14, or just about to turn 14, got diagnosed with cancer. Um, And that was really hard. It was probably even more difficult than leaving the witnesses for me, actually. Um, He passed away in January, but in December, my cousins, who had been living in the UK for the last 15 years, visited. And 
obviously when I was a witness, I didn't have much to do with my outside family. Mm. Um, and even because of my relationship with my mom, like I pushed myself further into the religion so that I could be like, Oh, not really allowed to talk to worldly people or Mm. whatever. Um, I, yeah, got to catch up with my cousins who, when we, when we were little, were super close. Um, and they were like, why don't you move to the UK mm. now that you've left? Like, we're so glad that you've left. We're mm. so happy to have you back. Why don't you move to London? Like, we'll, we'll help you out um, to because your dad was born in Scotland. You can get um, a UK passport. And I was like, okay. wait, what? <laughs> I can't do that. Um, my dad had passed away when I was like, I think, 18. Um, but I never knew him. He wasn't in my life oh, okay. due to my mum being a bit crazy and other things um, <laughs> it's a whole nother story a whole nother pop- podcast <laughs> um, <laughs> but basically I was able to get in touch with his third wife um, and get all his info put that all together got my passport and I was like wow I can actually do this mm-hmm. um, and after Nacho passed away I didn't want to be in the place that I was in anyway everything just held too many memories um, the witnesses like my ex-boyfriend lived around the corner still. Mm. I'd see people all the time and I was like, uh, <laughs> felt very fishbowl. Mm. Um, so I moved out of my flat. I house sat for my aunt's friend who was traveling around New Zealand. So it was a good six months of just house sitting for her um, and hanging out with my aunt <laughs> and my other aunt, not my conspiracy theorist aunt. Different aunt. <laughs> um and I had, so the week, actually, the week that I woke up, I also started a new job, um, training to be a, training to be a dog groomer. Um, okay. And throughout the time of waking up, training to do a whole new job and all of that was very hectic and stressful. But mm. um, in 2022, I became a full dog groomer. Um, and I fortunately was able to, once I realized I was going to move to London, got in contact with Riley and I was like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> If you happen to know of any jobs going, and yeah. he was like, oh, dude, a dog room place opened up around the corner. Like, I'll go in on the weekend. And I was oh, like, wow. there's no way this is going to work. But um, the woman who owns the business was like, yeah, get her to send us a message on Instagram. So I did through my dog rooming Instagram, and she was like, we'd love to have you. When are you coming? And I was oh, like, wow. okay. I think I'll be there in September. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I, I – got like a whole it's one of those chain of events that when i was Mm. a witness i would be like "Ah, that one's jehovah's hand i was just thinking that (laughs) i was just thinking that it isn't it but doesn't that demonstrate how it hijacks everything in your life you know that is a lovely story it doesn't need doesn't need jehovah's hand behind it It, actually it it was riley's hand that helped me and my new (laughs) boss's hand that helped me and And yours like merit was able to be a good enough dog groomer that some salon in in london was happy to take me on so yeah Yeah. and and you're learning the right lessons there aren't you from that rather than thinking well it's god that did this jehovah did this now actually what you're learning is about a friend and somebody's helping and then you know you're putting yourself in in the right position to be able to progress your own career and something you want to do actually these are the lessons that you're learning from it as opposed to passively oh well you know jehovah's helping me to do this thing Exactly. Yeah. Um, so it, it was like a long pause period, I think, from January to to when I got here in September. <laughs> I was like, oh, hurry up. Like, <laughs> I, I want to go start living my new life. Um, and I was fortunate enough to travel through the States on my way through. Um, cool. I literally did nothing between January and July because I was just saving all my money so that I could do this. Um, and I got to meet up with ex witnesses that I'd been friends with online um which was just amazing because the vibes were the same like Mm. as as much as we'd we'd been friends on Instagram or TikTok and sending voice notes and having an online friendship like just to see them in person was amazing and I highly recommend anyone that can to go to Alaska (laughs) because it was absolutely beautiful and I got to hang out with Celeste there from TikTok Thank you for listening to Cult Hackers, an indie podcast. That means we're not part of a big media organization with huge advertising budgets and massive reach. So just by listening to this, you're supporting the little guy. 
The hardest thing for us is not content. We love recording episodes and talking to amazing and interesting people. Now, by far the hardest thing is getting in front of the potential millions of listeners out there with millions of podcasts scrambling for attention. And here's where you can help. Simply by telling people about the podcast. Just telling somebody about it can really help. You can share an episode on social media or private messaging using your app. Or on some apps, you can leave a rating. Better still, say a few words. So please help us get cult hackers in front of more people. And now back to the podcast. There's all these people from all these different parts of the world, but because you've got like this shared sort of story, you can just pick up and have like, you know, understand each other. It's quite, yeah. like, yeah. We can just how, what do you think wild story <laughs> yeah well, how do you feel about it because i find it quite interesting i don't i don't it's not it's not a bad thing but it's like there's this weird thing that happened to us um and we are all you know just thrown into it just because of birth or, or you know circumstance and it's amazing how there's all these people from all these different parts of the world mm. but because you've got like this shared sort of story you can just pick up and have like you know understand each other it's quite yeah just like yeah we can just how, what do you think wild story <laughs> yeah well how do you feel about it because i find it quite interesting i don't i don't it's not it's not a bad thing but it's like there's this weird thing that happened to us um and we are all you know just thrown into it just because of birth or, or you know circumstance and in the organisation, you were always told you had this brotherhood, this this <laughs> worldwide, brotherhood. worldwide brotherhood. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, obviously, you know, there's a lot of hype involved in that. But um, when you leave, you feel this connection with people that you've never met before that could actually be very, very different. And, of course, ex-Jehovah's Witnesses are very different individuals mm-hmm. and so on. But there is a connection there, and it's kind of – I don't know how to feel about it. It's kind of cool – but yeah. it's also sad. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. I, I also like. I'm trying not to think of it like that. Like, because mm. like, wow, you're connected to all these people, and I'm like, it's not a worldwide brotherhood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it kind of is um, in reverse, I guess. But it yeah. is like there are certain people that I wouldn't stay with or or connect yeah. with. But I'm happy being friends online. But the mm. people that I did stay with and that opened their homes to me, and I'm eternally grateful for. And they obviously, I'm encouraging them to come to London so that we can hang out here. Yeah. Um, and I can repay that as well. Um, it's just like we we built like friendships over the last two or three years. That even though it was online, we were sending voice notes, having phone calls. Um, we're involved in each other's lives and. Maybe we're trauma bonded, but it's still like, it's a great place. Mm. You know, I, I've made some great friends from, you still, from leaving. And you still got to meet each other as who you are. Because I suppose, you know, when you're talking about like, I guess, yeah, the, the mixed feelings with the way that the J-dubs talk about, you know, this brotherhood. Yeah. But then, as we've talked before, there's always a mask on when you're meeting, you know, yeah. J-dubs. So this time you got to meet people as you. Um, yes. And that, that does make it different. Yeah, absolutely. Like we didn't have to guard ourselves, I suppose. And like mm-hmm. there, there would be stages of making JW friends where you'd be like, is this person cool? Like, mm-hmm. can I accidentally swear in front of them and they won't get offended? <laughs> or yeah, can I play like rap music and they're not going <laughs> to judge me? Like, <laughs> whereas yeah. this is just like, okay, I'll play this music and I'm going to say this. And they're like, cool, I'm going to do this and do that. And we're mm-hmm. cool. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah no that's true um riley was talking about that on podcast that's yet to come out um how you uh he he found that there were certain people that he was quite surprised they were still kind of mentally um you know in really they they, they still had the same mindset so yeah yeah it's a bit of a minefield i guess and there's like i think as well the other i, f- I feel like there's been a lot of xjw stuff happen in the last couple of days mm. um because Harrison just kind of went off the handle on Twitter. Um, but obviously, like, he'd still hung on to and still clings to some deeply harmful <laughs> beliefs that the witnesses share that he, I guess, yeah, has hung on to and has, he's found ideologies that reflect that and has gone in that direction, kind of surprisingly. <laughs> yeah, I'm completely baffled by that situation. I, I, 
I re- very, very rarely, um, if ever, comment on other ex-Jehovah's Witnesses um, content or um, certainly not in a negative way or comments yeah. on Twitter. Um, I guess all I'll say about that is that I'm just really confused, surprised um, at some of the things he's saying. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, don't, I just don't quite know what to think about that. Yeah, but um, yeah. It's- crazy like because once you leave you can you can do what you want yeah ultimately but um just because you know someone lying or just some because you know someone with this shared background doesn't necessarily mean that you should be friends or that you have to hang out or that you have to be around them um you know like one of the best things is like that we're free now we can do what we want Um, yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, it um I mean it's it's quite an interesting question and it's it's one that we certainly won't uh resolve here, but like you know, we, we talk sometimes about the XJW community and then others say, Well, there is no such thing as the XJW community yeah. and I don't know the answer to that. I don't know what you think. <laughs> I, I feel like so on my trip through the States as well, if you're happy to touch on this, because mm. of how I how I woke up was debunking conspiracy theories. And through my trip, on my trip through the States, the whole thing happened with that woman who went to the Kingdom Hall that Tony Morris has been reassigned to and all of that and just oh, was... Didn't know about that. It, it blew up on TikTok, went everywhere, um, and she's fully into conspiracy theories. But um, she's said some, I want to put it politely, so unhinged mm, <laughs> things. Okay. And she ended up bullying me and encouraging her followers to bully me. Um, And I've just seen a a huge rise of that in the last couple of months. Mm. I I feel like a lot of people are very conspiracy-minded. It does feel like there's a bit of a divide. I I don't know that there's a – I feel like I don't want to be in a community that's saying and doing these harmful things um but at the same time like i've said like for my own activism i've tried to create a space where people can connect <laughs> and we can make yeah. a community not that it has to be my community but like i'm sharing other people's um content as well so that we can all find each other but yeah i feel i feel like we don't all move as one it's not a big collective like <laughs> yeah and that, <laughs> that's, I, that's right and and um it's i guess it's important so yeah, I'm still I'm still trying to process this whole question, but I think we were all told that we had to think in unison. We were all, you know, unity was such an important thing. Yeah. So I think it's really important that we we allow each other to have um, alternative views about things yes. and um, make our own minds up. Um, that having been said, it doesn't mean that we have to agree with everybody. So yeah. you know, I think we we um, I reserve the right. And I don't often do it online because I just um, I find it too um, it, it takes too much of a toll on me. So when I first joined Twitter, which go back sort of when it first started or, or in the early days of it, um, you know, I try to get involved in discussions and arguments and so on. And I just found like every I look at my phone and there'd be another message there, yeah. and I'd have to engage in that, and it just drains me psychologically. So. I made a decision that I was not going to get involved in those sorts of discussions, that Twitter wasn't the forum for it. It wasn't yeah. a way that I could add any value or it help anybody or myself. So I just decided I'd just use Twitter essentially as a one-way device pretty much um, and niceties I'd share, but nothing really complicated. And that's that's been my, my sort of motto um yeah. or my strategy every now and again it slips and i'll say something and then regret it yeah. but you know, same <laughs> yeah but yeah i think it's i think we just as people have the right to believe all sorts of things um we've also got the right i've also got the right to say yeah i don't i don't agree with that or that's that's yeah. not right and that doesn't make me trying to control the narrative it's just like we all have yeah. a have the right to to believe what we want to and i feel and, like as well like people tend to like Again, people can believe what they want, but there are harmful beliefs that fall under the conspiracy theory yeah. category. And if you tend to push back on that, which I do and I don't, because I regretted it once I did it with this mm. woman on TikTok because people jumped on me and accused me of being a pedo sympathizer or having mm. a cult mentality. It's really hard like because people would say, oh, you've still got the cult mindset or you've yeah. still got this, and they just 
tend to try to shut it down without mm-hmm. letting any reasonable discussion happen. Whereas, okay, I'm sitting here and I'm like, if you you're saying that this crazy thing happened, can you please show me where mm-hmm. you have some evidence to support that? I'm happily mind change. Should I see it? Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't. They just argue, and it ends up being a very negative yeah. cycle or situation. So I, <laughs> I'm the same. I tend not to try to engage sometimes. Yeah, but- it's it is hard. I mean, um, I, I don't. Uh, it feels like uh, both um, sides, and it it's almost like the world is splitting itself into two between yeah. these sorts of ideologies, which is is deeply upsetting i think and sad but um it seems like both sides often accuse each other of exactly the same thing you know oh this is the court mentality this is the court mentality (laughs) and i mean that's meaningless we're kind of getting nowhere if we do that so um but i i wonder i have this it is only a theory it's not based on any psychological research really that that i'm conscious of but it feels to me like when you leave something like jehovah's witnesses it's taken a journey um it's it's the journey has been difficult and the journey has involved you as an individual saying no i'm not going to accept that narrative that you are giving me and and in the jehovah's witnesses this is the governing body who are all powerful really within the organization and will determine your view of the world your map of the world your understanding of everything everything look is seen through that lens you know, you, you see an earthquake somewhere and it's part of the last days. You see a disease and it's mm. it's part of, of what happens when you don't follow Jehovah. You know, it, everything is seen through that lens. So when you leave, you're you're having to dismantle that. And you if you leave successfully, um, you have successfully dismantled that. You stood up to the man, mm. essentially. You stood up to the man and you said, I am not going to accept this narrative that you are providing for me and that you're determining for me. And then I, I, I wonder whether what happens then is when, when you leave, you've learned that same lesson or that lesson you've got in your head now. You're now applying to every authority, every expert mm. um, that the world, um, like the BBC or or all governments in every department, um every university the world economic forum you know any any organization that has authority that let's be honest will of course be corrupt in many areas because all all organizations have corruption in them um but it feels like it's almost like well i've i've worked it out there and now i'm seeing it here and it's like the next step and the next step is to accept or not to accept anything that i'm being told by experts or by authorities and I, I, I think, well, okay, maybe that's the wrong lesson that you've learned from that experience. I don't know what your th- is. It's only a theory, but I don't know what your thoughts are on on that. I, I think that yeah, it, it, it tends to end up with you tend to end up with black and white thinking mm. after being in a in a cult like the witnesses. And like you said, like you'll apply what you've realized and pop that onto everything else that's happening in the world without like understanding or thinking about the nuance involved. Um, it's definitely, it's, it's like, if you could just, if you could just <laughs> think a little bit further, um, you might be able to get there. And like, obviously, like I'm trying to make sure that I uncover any un- unconscious biases that I have and like be self-aware to realize that there are, are spots that I could do better or, or anything like that, as opposed to sitting there and trying to, <laughs> I guess, make the world make sense for everybody yeah. else. I, I need to make the world make sense for me and I don't need to push that onto anyone else. Basically that's what I'm trying to do. Um, not that that was all about me, but <laughs> it's another part of me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we see things, you know, through our own eyes, don't we? So it's bound yeah. to be, um, yeah, it, it's, it's, um, uh, and I guess religions like Jehovah's Witnesses and by no means are they the only ones, they also have a, um, a mentality that everything is connected you know so yeah. it really is you know it's all it's, satan it's all <laughs> satan he's behind everything you know so um again this i think this primes us with a certain view that is you know there's this dark these dark, dark forces operating um behind the scenes uh, you know and so for me um this this sort of uh mentality is is 
is the first major conspiracy theory, or at least it's an ancient one that we, you know, it's invisible demons and pulling yeah. the strings, you know, it's kind of, mm, okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was also just thinking in terms of, so obviously talking about like the sort of XJW community and like the sort of splits in that and the, the good parts and the bad parts and that sort of thing. But I think also one of the things we've found that's quite good is, so obviously on this podcast, we talk to people from lots of different groups. So not just religious yeah. groups, like secular cult groups as well and all of those sorts of things. But what's interesting is how it's all, it's kind of all hitting all the same story beats, you know, the same, the same methods of control, um, mm. a lot of the same journeys of how you find out that it's not real or, the, you know, the same problems or issues that may go, this isn't right. Um, I think that kind of helps or at least we've, you know, a lot of people have said it helps in the sense you're like, oh, it's not just this one group. Or yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's all over the place. <laughs> I think, um, like, I mean, going back to religious groups, when I was a witness, I used to watch Escaping Polygamy. And mm. I was like, oh, my God, this is terrifying. Like, imagine mm. being forced to marry someone, like, mm. when you're so young and mm. multiple wives and, oh, my goodness. And I think they showed, like, shots of, what would be their meetings and it, it looked like the witnesses and I was like oh my goodness like <laughs> it's so similar to the truth like lucky mm. we got the truth and we didn't mm. end up with the false teaching of having <laughs> multiple wives um and then now like leaving there's so many ex-cult documentaries and people to follow online mm. like I've got some ex-Mormon friends um online and you know, I, I met someone back in New Zealand who was in the Baha'i faith and oh, they left and they had some similarities. And I was like, this is crazy. Yeah. Like, it's everywhere. It's not mm-hmm. just witnesses. It's just there's all these different methods of control and mm-hmm. way that people try to control other people. Um, the, the tactics and the way that they do it are very similar. They've just got like different words for different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. the same modus operandi, isn't it? Um, so you, you know, obviously, uh, no one knows, but um, I'm just interested in your going back to Jehovah's Witnesses. What's your gut feel about their direction? What What do you think um, the future looks like for Jehovah's Witnesses? Um, I'm especially still thinking about the the way that they've relaxed this whole thing mm. about the beards, because that was such a such a huge part of the culture. Like, okay, what's next? Are they going to allow women to wear pants to the meetings? Mm. I did um, think that I want, when you said about the beard, it's like, oh, trousers coming in. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, uh, but then I also thought, like, are they going to let women do things or are they just going to be a little bit more relaxed for the men, but the women still have to make sure that they're this, 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 and this? Mm. Um, I don't know. And it's interesting with the letting go of the the counting time because, again, that was a huge part mm. of being a Jehovah's Witness was counting time. And how's that going to look for them in the day-to-day? Is it culturally still going to be the same, even though on paper they've said you don't have to? Or are there going to be new ways that people in the congregation are going to try to control each other and police each other? So mm. I, I, I'm very much interested in how it works out mm. at the bottom as opposed mm. to, you know, they might change something within the governing body to benefit themselves <laughs> um, with the regular witnesses, the rank and file, not realizing that's why that's happened. Um, and I, I just, I find it's going to be very interesting to see how it goes. I have absolutely no idea what they're doing with <laughs> gut, with Anthony Morris leaving. Mm. Like why did yeah. that happen? We, we still don't know. Um, mm. There's plenty of theories. So yeah, I just, I, I, I'm almost kind of sitting here with my popcorn waiting to see what happens next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I mean, I'm not obsessed by it like you, but um, I, it's, it is interesting. You can't help but yeah, um, yeah. but be kind of fascinated by it. I would, I would love to see them, like if they can, if they can change the rules that they have so far, I would just love to see them make safer, better rules for yeah. women um, and obviously for the, for children as well. Mm. I think those, you know, and, that includes things like the blood for children and things like that, you know, because yeah. um, they're not old enough to make those choices. And so it's the parents making those choices. And like you said, all the coercion involved in that. So I think if if they can make these changes, I want to be positive that they can make those other changes. Yeah. And maybe they're taking steps towards, and, you know, it's a, it's a path towards that. that that's my, yeah. my hope for, <laughs> please. <laughs> yeah, I think it'd be interesting if they stopped um, shunning somehow like would people 
actually reach out or, you know, how's that going to play out? Um, the blood transfusion thing as well, because that's not even scripturally like correct, according mm. to most um, biblical yeah. <laughs> scholars. Yeah, because the beard thing wasn't scriptural, they said. So, okay, what else is not scriptural that you're doing that you could potentially change? Yeah, and that would be a really hard one um, because um, of the repercussions. Of the repercussions, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, I think that's a bit of a PR nightmare, that one. It is, yeah. I feel like with the two witness rule, I don't know how they could possibly change that and still not have like multiple disfellowshippings and people being arrested because it's like kind of feels like a boys club where Mm -hmm. okay if we change this then that means this person this person this person will have to get in trouble for what they did in the past and then I might get in trouble if they say this about me so blah 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 if you get found out withholding yeah it's just I, I I don't know how that how it could change from like a corporate standpoint that they're not going to be able yeah. to, they're going to yeah. do what's in their best interests and have each other's backs kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, yeah, I don't hold out a lot of hope for those sorts of things. If I'm honest, um, my, my prediction, I've mentioned it before. I'm going to mention it again in case it comes true. And then, then <laughs> I can uh, point people to this, but um, yeah, I, and I'm not, I'm not the only one to say it, but I, I feel that um, they're shaping up the organization to say that Armageddon, not Armageddon, sorry. The Great Tribulation started, has started already. That in a TikTok too. Oh, did you? Sorry, I, I, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, hear don't be sorry, I'm like, yeah, someone else thinks the same thing. Yeah. So why do you think that? Tell me your thinking on that. I was like, that. That's the only way that they're going to be able to drag this out because it's yeah. no longer just around the corner. Like mm. we're in the Great Tribulation, and that can last forever. Absolutely. They can keep going. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah that's right. Because um, the the I don't know exactly how they've worded it um, recently, but, you know, you could easily say that when we've talked about the end of the system of things, we've been talking about the the beginning of the Great Tribulation. Therefore, um, the signs of the times, the generation, all of that, that was fulfilled because the Great Tribulation started in, I don't know, 2020. Um, yeah. Just to plug a number out there, just plug a date out there. Um, and that, yes, sort of they can they can then spin that um as you say that that means then they're no longer on this hook of and because they changed with the with the um hours requirement yeah. they changed the thing and said that um repentant people can come back in the great That's tribulation right. so yeah. cool Anyone yeah. can come back whenever now, and the Great yeah. Tribulation is just going to go on forever and ever and ever. And that's why <laughs> I think that is the first step. I think that was the uh, laying the groundwork for this next thing that's going to happen. Um, so yeah, we obviously we don't know. Uh, we're just we're just speculating, but it would make no. Some... I'm actually Anthony Morris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that's no, you're not really okay. Oh, I believe you. Fortunately, I'm going to put that <laughs> at the top of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, So I, I think um, I, I also will will say um, that I think it's dying as a as an organisation. It's um, it definitely reached a plateau around the '90s and and um, and so on in terms of increases. And really, since then, it's it's sort of slowed down and it's now plateaued. Um, and I think all the evidence is that the numbers are just plummeting. Um, They have, they they did used to be less, I think from what you said, Dad, when you were in, they were less keen on like having children and baptizing early. mm. Whereas now they're quite keen on having children and baptizing early, uh, which I think probably marks that change in, you Mm. know, like you said, if there's a decline in numbers, an easy way to, to change that is to, yeah, have more kids and baptize Mm. them as quick as you can. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they were definitely like, I remember being of the thought like why would i have children in the system yeah not that i had a husband that i could even think about it with (laughs) but it was like i was like no no i'll wait for the new system um and that that was the prevailing mentality and that people would almost kind of judge you as well if you did have children like what are you doing that for why aren't you spending your time in the ministry so (laughs) yeah 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 Yeah, i mean even getting married I, i remember 
have there was always one talk on the district assembly district convention um that was about staying single i don't know if you remember that but there was always at least one normally one talk it was the the staying single talk um and as a young man in my 20s i always hated that talk i always made me uh had gave me a knot in my stomach because i knew that i wanted to find somebody um mm. and you know you've we've already mentioned about having no sexual outlets at all either so you're basically saying to all these young people um stay celibate and god <laughs> for god yeah i mean you know it's very it's very catholic in that respect uh yeah. so you know and um and i really took that to heart you know it took me a lot of soul searching to decide to start to look for somebody um and um yeah, it's very it's it's very strange, but yeah, I think that that could easily change. I, I can see, I can see that changing as well, in order to yeah, have the the birth rate increase. Yeah, know. so that they can have members. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Well, we'll come back to this video in in so in so many years and see if we're all right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> prediction yeah. video. <laughs> prediction time. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, I don't, have you got any more questions or anything, Celine? No, I think like part of me is like, oh, we didn't get into like much feminism or like the patriarchy stuff. Oh, That's yeah. a hot thing in itself, isn't it? But <laughs> happy to get into that. If you're like right. a little bit like with, yeah. with thinking about what I try to do with my activism is that um, a big thing that frustrated me when I left is that most of the content creators on YouTube mm. are men, and mm. I'm like, I don't want to sit here and listen to talks by men anymore mm -hmm. um so i try to encourage other xjw women or minorities in, in in regards to how we were in the witnesses um to speak <laughs> and i try to amplify their voices and that's also why i try to speak is because you know we, we need to have different we need to be able to see different representation like it doesn't have to be like a a young white man all the time or <laughs> yeah. you know I, I just have in my mind like the the picture of what they would have in the magazines and and what comes out okay yeah you've got a beard now but like <laughs> <laughs> you can't really speak to the experience of, of what it was to being a woman and and the different layer of of um, oppression that was put upon us I suppose um and a lot of women that leave are still scared to speak because our entire lives we were told to remain silent, let the men teach. Like, and I also see in the way that um, things are put out there and who they're put out by and the response that people have. And whereas where, where when an XJW man puts something out, a lot of people are like, wow, thank you for that logical and well-researched presentation. Mm -hmm. And when a woman puts something out, it's like, cool, okay, just like it. And that's it. Um, but it it's, it's, it, you can kind of see these little little mm. discrepancies, I suppose. So I'm trying to encourage other women to speak out and do things. And they do get scared because of they sometimes tell me like, oh, this is why I don't speak out because of the comments that you get. And I'm like, you've got to brush that off and you've got to, if you want to, mm. like there's space for you and we need you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I guess that's, that's part of the feminism, I guess, for me. Um, after a lifetime of being told I can't do this, I can't do that. Um, mm. I'm a small brained dumb dumb. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, well, you're going to get all my small brain dumb dumb <laughs> ideas on my TikTok. So <laughs> I have to listen. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a really good point. I think, yeah. And it's still very much dominated by, um, by men, I think in, in terms of the activism, I mean, you know, it's one of the reasons why I was so keen to, um to do, do this with celine yeah and also do interviews yeah so the vast majority of, of our interviews are with women actually um and the majority of our listeners certainly on youtube um seem to be women as well so um yeah i i don't know what that tells us but it's, it's kind of it's kind <laughs> of interesting um certainly i met up with a few generally anti-cult activists recently um and so not just ex-jehovah's witnesses but um, Alexandra Stein was there um, and she was saying that you know again the vast majority of people in this space are actually women mm. um, which sort of cuts across the YouTube content but the, the yes. majority of people in terms of doing activism and raising awareness seem to be women which I think is really interesting and that was reflected yeah. in the group that we had there actually. 
And I also want to clarify, I'm not saying that men can't talk. Sure. <laughs> I feel yeah, like I need to say that in case someone says something. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, she hates men. No, I don't. <laughs> I'm just saying that it's kind of been dominated in those spaces. Um, yeah. yeah, you're absolutely right. Like there are some other ex-cult members that I know do a podcast back home in New Zealand. Um, I think they were part of the ex- exclusive brethren, mm-hmm. uh, which also very similar to Witnesses. Mm, yeah. um, and they've got things... Um, happening down there um, that I actually really wish I was back in New Zealand for um, but like that they're doing things behind the scenes and there are a ton of ton of women out there as well so I don't want to disregard anyone else that has been doing stuff like I don't I don't mean that but yeah, yeah. yeah there's there's it's lots of everyone. <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely there's there's lots of people working but I um and maybe with Jehovah's Witnesses it is part of the training um you know as as men we were expected to give talks to prepare talks and you know and maybe there's an element of that that essentially just taking those those skills and turning them back yeah on the organization in some respects um but yeah i i, I love to see a, a wide variety of people um doing that work i really do yeah all right well I'm let's we um, got that in there so yeah it'd be sad to not have mentioned it <laughs> it was you know good good question Celine. Yeah. um yeah. okay cool well uh mickey thank you so much for being our guest today obviously people can catch your content on reels and tiktok in particular um you go by the handle of uh, um apostate, apostate barbie. barbie so thank you so much for being thank with you us for today. having me <laughs>